We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Tonight, I am joined once again by my good friend, Chance Bloomhurst. Uh, We are going to discuss tomorrow night's Cure Bowl between his alma mater, the Northern Illinois Huskies, and my favorite, Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. So, welcome back to the show, buddy. How you doing? Hey, man, I'm great. Life couldn't be better. The Huskies are playing in a bowl when everyone projected them to be uh, bottom of the barrel. And, uh, you know, you get to – sometimes you get a game, uh, you know, in these bowl games where you're like, you you know about the team, you've heard about them because you watch, you know, hours of football. But, like, I feel like there's something a little bit different with Coastal Carolina. I think this is going to be a fun one. So I'm very good. Absolutely, man. And and I'll be one of those people that, that – I'm one of those people, too, who thought – and we, we discussed this at the beginning of the year that NIU was my pick to finish last in the, in the MAC West. But at the same time, it was one of those things where it was what Rocky Lombardi were you going to get going into the season. And, and we saw which Rocky Lombardi we got. Yeah. It was nuts. I mean, I don't think anybody, I mean, literally I got Phil Steele's book open right here and everybody and their brother projected them to be bottom of the, of the Mac. And, you know, if you look back at the scores, I mean, they were, every game was, it was a nail biter. And, you know, like you said, you get the performance out of Rocky Lombardi that, you know, you need on those weeks and you're sitting at eight and four because of it. And I mean, well, it's not, you know, discredit the defense. The defense kept them in a lot of those games. All oh, 100%. Uh, that they were able to come back and, and make those uh, drastic comebacks. Absolutely. I mean, I, I went to uh, one of their games this year against Eastern Michigan, and it, it was a shootout and, uh, between t- two good offenses, but the reason NIU won is because their defense made – they had a pick six right after the three-hour rain delay – but then they yeah. also they also made a stop at the end of the game when they had to. That's exactly it. And I'm not trying to say their defense are world beaters by any stretch of the imagination, but when they needed a stop, it felt like every time they needed a stop this year, they got it. And that's, I mean, when you talk about clutch, you know, you could talk clutch G all you want, but, like, when you can step up and make that, you know, big play or make that pick six, like you said, against Eastern, I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff you need, and especially when you're, you know, fighting back as much as they were. I want to say every game they won in conference was less than a touchdown. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do, man. Right, and, and in the MAC especially, I mean, everybody everybody kind of knows, like, when you have action, you take the over. So it's, yeah. it, it's, it's just one of those things where, like, if a team does have a defense that steps up and makes plays when it's needed – you're going to have success in the MAC. Exactly. I mean, if you're looking at their schedule right now, I mean, like you said, I feel like you almost have to look at MAC defenses a little bit different than the rest of the country as far as, like, metrics are concerned. Um, 
you know, just because of that wildness of of Maxion. Um, you know, going throughout the weeks, they give up 21, 50 in a bad loss to Wyoming, a game they should have won. Get housed at Michigan. They're supposed to, you know, get their doors blown off. Right. And 14, 20, 20, uh, 26, 38. Not great, but they got a big stop against Central Michigan. Losing a tough one at Kent State, uh, 29, 27, 21, and then they get their revenge at 23. I mean, you're holding a lot of teams in the MAC to under 30 points. That should be enough if offense can can get it going, and they, they really did this year, you know, when it mattered. Now, I will say this, and I don't know how much you agree here. If you're a betting man, take Coastal Carolina spread in the first half, but the NIU spread full game or take it live because it feels like every game – they dig themselves into a hole, but then they somehow get themselves out of it, and they're either in the game or they win the game, whatever the case is. But that just feels like the gambling line to me. I, I think that's a great point because, I mean, that's that's the truth right there. That, that every It seems like every game they play, they they would get down early, and then they make this ferocious comeback. I mean, that first Kent State game is a great example. I think they were down. Yeah. By, were they down three touchdowns? Or, it, was, it, was some, it was a big margin. And they it, was like three, it was like 24 points, so it was yeah. like three touchdowns or, you know, uh, four touch, whatever, you know, a lot, three possessions at least. Right, and then they come back and almost win the game. So it, it, it's yeah. just, now if they if they do that against Coastal Carolina with that offense, that's going to be very difficult. But at the same time, it, you always have a chance. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can look back at the, you know, obviously it was my senior year at NIU, so I'm a little fond of it. But when they played Florida State in the Orange Bowl and they get, you know, a couple bad turnovers early and the defense is on the field for a long, long time, they were in that game for a quarter and a half and you get a bad turnover. And then you're putting, you know, a lot of pressure on a defense that at times has shown that they can bend really bad. Um, and even break, you know, at, at points. If that defense is going to have to spend the majority of the time on the field early, you're going to have to ask a lot of them to dig themselves out of that hole. Absolutely, and and I, I I've said this to you throughout the season. Like I cheer I cheer for NIU against anybody but Michigan <laughs> and Coastal Carolina. So what are the odds that they play both of them in the same season? It's just bizarre, but yeah. <laughs> No, for real, man. I think it's just because you put it out in the ether. This is the first full season that you had, uh, you know, the podcast during college football. You put it out in the ether. We talked about it earlier. And now we're looking at, you know, obviously getting boat raced by Michigan. But, you know, you catch a couple hundred thousand to get boat raced up at Michigan. And now you see yourself in the first bowl game of the season. So, you know, I think it, I think you would need to take a little bit of credit for this, man. <laughs> I, I wish I could, but... <laughs> Uh, hey, if anybody asks me how did this happen, I'm going straight to uh, TNT College Football <laughs> Podcast. You can thank him. That that's awesome. That's awesome. But let let's let's uh let's talk about. I mean, I'm I'm I, I want to talk a little bit about Coastal Carolina as well. I mean, yeah, just absolutely. just uh, I mean, Grayson McCall, the year that he had this year, he missed a couple games, but he's still 73 percent completion percentage. He had uh, an NCAA record 207.9 QB rating, which is just like, just unheard of. Yeah. I, I think I think the next closest was like in the 180s. So that just putting that in perspective in itself, just is it's mind blowing. Now Grayson McCall has run that the triple option spread offense that Coastal runs. He's he's run it his whole life. 
So going back into high school and junior high, he's run the same offense. So he's literally the perfect quarterback for this system. But at the same time, a little known fact, he was in the same conference as Sam Howell, who's North Carolina's quarterback, who was who was a lot of people's Heisman front runner at the beginning of the year, myself included. Uh, completely got that wrong, by the way. But but everybody's did this year. That's true. But but it's just one of those things. Like he was a two star recruit coming out of high school in, in uh, the Charlotte area. So like to see him now as a redshirt sophomore to just like obliterating the QB rating record and just like what he's been able to do is just pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, looking at the stats here, this guy's thrown 211 passes and he's completed 154 of them. That's 73 percent, like you said. That is an insane stat and like you said it helps that he's been running the same offense but i mean for a kid that's maybe what 20 years old mm-hmm. i mean a red shirt freshman this kid is a dog i mean coastal carolina set up for a while if they can keep him around absolutely and and i know a lot of a lot of people have been worried about him entering the portal but that i i don't see that happening by any means just what coastal's built what jamie chadwell has built there just the the culture is just something you can't fake. And uh, next year, he's going to return to Coastal, and he's going to be a Heisman front runner, I think. Yeah, I think I don't think you can deny that, and especially like you said, a guy from from the Charlotte area, you know, that has you know those those closer ties. He, I, I think you know, obviously the portal is as big as it is right now, but I mean, this guy's got it made. He can be the the king of uh, Conway, South Carolina, for as long as he wants to be. You know, one of those. You know, you got it set. But right. I mean, also in the same breath, if he wanted to, you know, go out and try bigger things and transfer to a North Carolina or a South Carolina and play in the ACC or the SEC, you can't fault the kid either. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I would never ever uh, fault a kid for that because, I mean, th- th- there is the perception out there that that he's a system guy. Now, granted, right. he, he is the perfect guy for that system. But but at the same time, I feel like if he got drafted by, say, the New Orleans Saints, there is no reason he couldn't go out there and run that offense. Now, I'm not saying he's Drew Brees, but I, I'm saying he can go run that offense and be very, very proficient at it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the kid was, like, you know, born, bred, and raised to, to run that offense. I mean perfect it while you're in college and take your shot you know be a backup for a while but like this kid is this kid is damn good and you know i gotta ask you as as a guy who follows coastal like is the fact that they're playing in the cure bowl at you know 10 and 2 is that a little bit of a slap in the face after the last two seasons that the chanticleers have had to you actually they played in the cure bowl last year against liberty um I, i i don't just, just by the interactions I've had with different Coastal fans, I mean, I, I think Coastal fans are just excited to be in this position uh, because they, they've they just transitioned to FBS within the past five or so years. So it's yeah. it's been a pretty quick tra- transition. I mean, the, the guys that are seniors right now or redshirt seniors and seniors now were in that first recruiting class. And they, I, I saw somebody put out that that first recruiting class that those guys that are seniors now was ranked 126th in the nation. So it was one of the dead last 
FBS rankings for for recruiting. It was and with signing day being yesterday, I, I saw Coastal's new class that they have coming in. It's the highest class they've ever had, and I want to say I saw it at sixty seven. Which for Damn. which for a Sun Belt program? Now, I'm very you know me. I'm very very high on the Sun Belt, but for a Sun Belt program to be at sixty seven, that's that's pretty high. Yeah, man, I, I think you made a good point because I was thinking about it earlier. Like, I still think, you know, and with the additions that the Sun Belt's making, like, they're making a legitimate bid to be, like, you know, considered in the same plane as, like, the American Athletic Conference. Like, I know it's it's going to be uphill battle, but, I mean, you're talking about teams, you know, um, sorry, like uh, Appalachian State, Troy, I mean, Georgia Southern, all these teams that – you know, are kind of up and coming in quote unquote, um, you know, that are used to be kind of the laughing stock. I think you give it five years, you're talking about a conference that's going to be, you know, rivalry. And, and I don't know, I would like to hear, you know, from your listeners and ours on, on typical Chicago fans, like outside of the Midwest, where does the Mac sit? Like is, is the Mac outside of the Midwest considered, you know, just below the American athletic and also like, where is, you know, where does uh, Coastal sit and where does, you know, that conference sit? I, I'm always curious about that because I think that uh, the MAC and um, – Jesus, how am I drawing a blank on this? What conference is it? Um, I'm sorry, the Sun Belt. I wanted to say the Big yes. South, but that's a basketball conference. <laughs> um, sorry, bas- that's, college basketball. That's Coastal's old conference for basketball. <laughs> it is what? It's Coastal's old conference for basketball. That's right. Okay. I knew Sunbelt, very similar. But, like, they seem like, and I don't know, you might want to speak to this too, but, like, it seems like two conferences that are on a very similar plane as far as, like, tiering the college football conferences. Absolutely. I mean, the, the conversations I've had with, with multiple people in the college football world are a lot of people think that the – I mean, everybody agrees that the Sun Belt's on the rise, and and a lot of people think that the Sun Belt, once the conference realignment takes place in 2023, 2025, whenever whenever it might be, but once all of that shifts, um, people are a lot of people are saying the Sun Belt's going to be the best uh, G5 conference, better than the yeah. better than the American, uh, better than the Mountain West. And unfortunately, I think outside of the Midwest, the MAC is kind of looked at as like the worst of the conferences now. Right. And that's so disappointing. And I get it. Like if you're an old school football, you know, like defense, you don't want to watch games that are 51 to 48. But I feel like that's so played out, you know. And I mean, shoot, you saw Northern Illinois go to the Orange Bowl. You've seen uh, Western Michigan have that undefeated yep. season when Fleck yep. was there. You've seen conference schools come out of this conference championship and you know there's always and i granted you know you could say um you know the rest of the of you know those seasons that they weren't great by any stretch and it's very top heavy and it always has been in the mac you know the years niu was good the year western was good the years ball state was good it's very top heavy um but you know i think i guess it's probably just because i was born and raised in it i've been going to mac games since 96 with with my dad um, you know, it's just something I've been around forever and I'm used to it. So I love it. You know, I love offense. So, right. Uh, well, I guess it's, a, it's definitely a little bit of like Homer bias in, in my mind, but I don't think the Mac gets enough love and like, but it almost feels like they get like pity love, you know, cause like everybody loves a Tuesday night game where the score is going to be 58, 56. Right. Right. But, 
but it almost feels like they love you for the are, are they are they loving you or are they kind of laughing at you while they love you you know that that's a good point but the one thing i will speak to is the the mac west all all the teams are bowl eligible and going to bowl games there's only one other division in college football that can say that and it's the sec west that's insane. So, company. so I mean, obviously the the Mac West is doing something. Now the East was not very good this year, but right. But at the same point, like you, you have to speak to that because of I mean, to have every team in your division be bowl eligible, I don't I don't care what level you're playing at or what people think of that level. That like that's very impressive. Exactly, man, and it's. I'm looking it up now. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I want to say the MAC has uh, what is it, eight bowl eligible teams. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I mean, I think if you look at it that way, um, yeah, there's you know there's four teams that were just absolutely garbage, but like I mean, right. The fact that one division has that many, and for NIU to go through that after the season they had is has been phenomenal. I think you know. Yeah, changing gears a little bit. It's something to build on, you know. It's it's definitely like you know. I don't know to say this in the most polite way. I don't have the highest expectations for the Huskies in this game. The whole season has exceeded expectations, but it's it's one of those you know. Go out there, do what you've been doing. You know, hope the offense clicks, and you know, put yourself on stage for for the future. Absolutely, and and one thing. One thing I definitely want to speak to is NIU's running game is fantastic. And, yes. and, and anybody that's watched Coastal games at length like, like I have will tell you that that's where Coastal is susceptible is against the run. So, I mean, there, there is an opportunity for, for NIU to have some success against Coastal because that, that, is, their, that is their weakness defensively. And man, I'm telling you right now, uh, Clint Rakovich. Oh yes, I mean that fullback. I love that guy. He is. He is a. He is a fantasy football nightmare. If if there's such a thing. (laughs) I mean, the kid's a bowling ball. He, Jim Harbaugh has said it on on podcasts that you know the human body craves contact, and this guy is the epitome of it. You know, but he's also great because he he breaks out into open space, and you know he's got the speed, but. You know, it's been one of those where um, the the passing game in Rocky Lombardi has been what it is. But like you said, the running game has been phenomenal and not really something, I mean, you expected. Right. And then Ducker, the freshman at running back, has been phenomenal, uh, over a 1,000 yards. So, I mean, th- th- there is hope for your Huskies. I mean, for, for, them, to th- for them to throw the ball, I-, I-, I would be a little more concerned. I mean – Rudolph at receiver is another fantastic freshman yeah. for for NIU, but but the secondary from Coastal is very very stout and talented. So I mean, if, if I was the Huskies, I, I mean, and and I mean Coastal is going to know this too, but I, I mean they're they're going to try to run the football as much oh, as yeah. possible. You, you got to establish the run early, and i mean it's a, it's a tall task i mean it's a young very young huskies team and you know coastals you know they're very they're very good they've clearly done it i mean they were 11 and 1 last year they're 10 and 2 this year you've got to be ready for a dog fight don't just my thing is the way i look at it is it's an 11 point spread and i used supposed to get their teeth kicked in go out there keep it close early you know be ready for the fight don't just be happy to be there right you know right. realize that 
you know, the kind of magic you've bottled up this season and go out there and just do your thing. And, you know, like you said, establish the run. Let, you know, make the defense come out and, and do something early because if you let it get, you know, to a point where you're chasing 22 points, you know, you're in trouble. That's when it can be an issue. Don't be content with just being there. Right. And, and Coastal has, I mean, they have a lot of stout players defensively, but one guy I have to mention, Josiah Stewart, he's a freshman, um, broke the, the Coastal Carolina single season sack record as a freshman. I mean, this young man is going to be a superstar. He, he had, he had multiple games this year with three or four sacks. I mean, this young man gets to the quarterback and he lives in the backfield so I mean that's somebody I look look uh, look at, especially if if NIU gets down like like you discussed that he could he could just have a field day because there are there were multiple Sun Belt games this year where he just dominated the football game. Yeah, and I mean if you look at it here, I mean NIU starting line senior redshirt freshman, true freshman, true sophomore, true sophomore. Mm-hmm. I mean you got to be ready, right? And and Co- and Coastal has other guys too, like CJ Brewer, and there's unfortunately Jeffrey Gunter. Um, he's gonna be he's gonna play on Sunday. He's gonna get drafted this year. He's he's out for the yeah. game. He's injured, but he won't play tomorrow. But at the same time, it's like there's there's a lot of guys on that Coastal defensive line, and then the linebackers was like Silas Kelly and 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 all those guys. Um, the, the fear the mullets. They're they're oh, go, they're gonna bring they're gonna bring pressure too, and they're gonna if it turns into a passing game, that's when it could really be an issue. Yeah, and I, I think if you mentioned that, I mean, if it does turn into a pass, it also goes back to what we said at the top of the show, man. Is which Rocky Lombardi is going to show up? Absolutely, you know? absolutely. I mean, there's been games this year where Rocky, I mean, I, the Eastern Michigan game I went to, he did a very good job throwing the football, but. If if you look at that Michigan game, I mean, he wasn't good. I mean, that that that's a bad example. Yeah, but say, that's a team playing in the final right, four. But I but, get what you mean. But I mean, th- th- there were a couple other games, like the Wyoming game. He made a couple bad decisions, and I. So it, it's it's one of those things where, it, it, like you said, it just depends which which Rocky Lombardi shows up. But at the same time, you saw against Western Michigan, NIU needs Rocky Lombardi. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they had it wrapped up at that time. So, I mean, I understood sitting him in that game. But at the same time, it was like, holy smokes, like they really do need him. So, it'll be really interesting to see what they do next year when he's gone. Yeah. And, you know, I I could talk about this forever. I followed the Huskies pretty intently on Twitter. You know, and and, and a year ago, I was sitting here saying, they literally coined themselves walk-on university, and I hated that, man. I don't know about (laughs) you. That just sounds bad. Yeah, that's not not something I would want to be known for. No, that's kind of what I thought. And, you know, but like I said, Hammocks hit the transfer portal, and obviously there's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of guys in there right now, and a lot of them are finding homes. Obviously, I was – you know, trying to, you know, try to sway uh, Spencer Rattler or, you know, <laughs> one of the other big names that, to come to the Cal. But, uh, you know, if, if you can find, you know, your diamond in the rough um, that, you know, has kind of been cast away from, you know, a Big Ten school, and obviously you don't even have to aim that high, I feel, but if you can find the right guy, you know, you make you make do. Absolutely. One that w- And one thing I got to talk about is the two head coaches. I mean, Thomas Hammock 
Jamie Chadwell, both two extremely underrated coaches. Uh, Jamie Chadwell's starting to get his due nationally. But I think Thomas Hammock needs to be I've said this all season that he needed to be in the discussion for coach of the year because he took he took a team that was 0-6 last year and took a team to nine and four, winning the Mac West and winning the conference. Like I that is a phenomenal coaching job. Yeah, I mean last year I'm looking at their scores right now. They lose by nineteen by thirty, by six, by three by 17 and by eight. I mean, it's not like, I mean, the game they lose by three, they lose at Western Michigan, but five of those six, you got kind of punked. And then to bounce back and go eight and four and one of your losses coming to a team that's in the final four. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what more can you say about it? And the nice thing is, you know, looking at the future and the coaching carousel that we've seen the last couple of weeks, that's a whole other episode in itself. Right. But, <laughs> You know, it, a guy that, you know, even when he has success, you know, he was an NIU alum and, and played on some of those good teams in the early 2000s. I mean, he wants to be there, and that's very obvious. And, and, and you can tell that goes a long way in, in what he – and, man, if you remember, I don't know if you remember this, during the pandemic, uh, he kind of got punked on Twitter. Some kid had a, a create-a-player um, yes. on, like, the old uh, NCAA 14 game and said something about getting an offer from NIU and he got like kind of pissed about it and like said that this was fake and he never offered this kid well it was a video game like it was a character thing and he kind of got punked you know after an 0 six season just kind of you know adding you know this just wasn't a good look and but then he you know he stays true to who he is and you know gets himself Rocky Lombardi and um you know gets this team to eight and four and in, in a bowl game. So, you know, it, it was a little bit of a rough stretch there for us Husky fans, but man, has he made us, us proud this year in the way what the team has accomplished on the field. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you should be, I mean, it, it's been, I mean, I, I remember texting you right when they beat Georgia tech yeah. to start the year. And, and it was one of those things where you're like, okay, I know we all thought this team was going to be bad but now it's like, hold on a second. This team might might be up to something. That's exactly it. Was it a flash? You worried, you know, was it a flash in the pan? You know, you got Michigan in two weeks. You got a good Wyoming team. Yep. Um, you know, it was, it was one of those like, yeah, we're obviously happy for the win to beat an ACC school. But clearly, I mean, it showed in Mac play that, you know, it wasn't just a flash in the pan. And you hope that it continues when, you know, looking forward. And, and I certainly think it will with with the youth that the team has all over the all over the field. And and like we said, it's going to come down to quarterback play next year. I mean, they'll they'll figure it out. I think they'll figure it out, and I think they'll be right back in this position once again. And then from coastal standpoint, I mean, coastal next year is they lose a lot, but they they have a lot in in Grayson McCall, and they have a really, really good recruiting class. And they've, they've done a really good job bringing in all kinds of talent. There, there's a lot of NFL talent on the Chanticleers roster. And, and it's not just Grayson McCall, but Grayson McCall has an opportunity next year. If we're looking forward there where he play for his Heisman moments, where they play at Virginia, they're going to host app state. They're going to host Louisiana. They play army. So, I mean, he's going to have some opportunities next year against some upper echelon teams that that uh, that people think highly of. 
where he he's going to have an opportunity to show out and oh, uh, sure. and 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 he can do it. I mean, there there's no doubt about it. And a big one there, you know, uh, you know, Jamie Chadwell not going anywhere. Uh, the coaching carousel we talked about, him coming back. I mean, obviously you never say never, but all the, the major positions have been filled. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to feel good bringing, you know, this guy back who's really built a hell of a program uh, down in South Carolina. You got to love that as a Chanticleer fan. Absolutely. And, and I have pretty good sources that have told me that he is very, very, very happy at Coastal Carolina and, and that it would take an awful lot to get him to leave. And, and, and I was, I have even heard that he was offered some of those other jobs that were available this year and he turned them down. That's impressive. That's how, you know, a guy's building something that he believes in and a community that he wants to be a part of. Absolutely. And I mean, Myrtle beach and Conway are a place I visit. I'm before the pandemic, I, vis- I visited twice a year, and uh, it—I it, mean, it, it doesn't get better. I mean, you're you're recruiting to the beach. There's a reason why they're called the beach chickens. I mean, there there's a yeah. there's a reason why that 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 it's the surf turf. There's a reason why that this persona and swagger that exists around Coastal Carolina, um, and 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 the, what they've done to continue to build off that with the 11 and one season to a 10 and two season this year to next year. I'm thinking it's going to be more of the same. It, it, it just speaks to, that's why I, I, I always say on the show and on Twitter that you just cannot fake the culture that they have. I mean, I'm a former college basketball coach. You coach yourself. I mean, you coach basketball. I mean, you understand how difficult it is to build a culture and that you just can't fake those things. A hundred percent, man. You don't just give up that, you know, for the first ticket out. And it, it clearly shows. Absolutely. Well, before we conclude the show, let's, uh, let's throw some predictions out there. What, what, what are you thinking for the game tomorrow night? All right. It's going to be a, it's a Friday night. It's a weird night for college football, just like Maxion. We're going to see a lot of offense somehow. I'm not sure how it's going to happen, but NIU 49, Coastal Carolina 48. Take the over. <laughs> I, 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 I don't disagree with you with taking the over. And I also agree with you what you said earlier in the show with taking Coastal Carolina for this with the first half spread either because, because yeah. of how NIU starts slowly. Now, I, 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 of course, am going to go a little differently there. I I, th- I think Coastal is going to start quickly, and I think it's going to turn into NIU having to get a little bit out of their comfort zone. I think Coastal wins like forty-two to twenty-four type of situation. You know that I I don't I can't disagree with you. I'm clearly making my pick as a very homer pick. <laughs> um, I hope that NIU can at least you know like I said earlier don't just be happy to be there you know show up do right. your thing run the ball get those defensive stops when you need it keep it close give yourself a shot at the end you know be in a competitive game absolutely and and like I've said before I I, I would be pulling for the Huskies in about any other game here so <laughs> so so the fact that they're playing coastal I live I live in Central Illinois I I live 
and I, I live two hours from NIU's campus, but my team is Coastal Carolina down in Conway, South Carolina. My teams are Coastal and Michigan, but at the same time, I, I, I always pull for the Huskies. So if the Huskies did win, I would not be upset, obviously. You're in a win-win spot, my man. This is true. This is true. But, don't hate it. I don't <laughs> hate it at all. Well... Thanks again, man, for joining the show. Uh, let the, can you let the listeners again know where they can uh, where they can uh, get you, listen to you? Absolutely, man. It was great to come on. We'll have to keep doing this. This is a, a good time. we got to get you on the show again. But um, I'm a member of Typical Chicago Fans Podcast. Uh, talk Chicago sports, national sports, stuff that has nothing to do with sports. You can find us on Twitter at Typical underscore Chicago. Uh, we're actually – Literally about to record a podcast in about two minutes here. Um, so make sure you follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. Just type in Typical Chicago Fans. Give us a subscribe there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Boomy, B-O-O-M-Y-T-C-F. Uh, so just check us out, man. We'll uh, try to keep it light, try to keep it fun, but also, you know, sports-centric and uh, get a little wacky when we need to. <laughs> Again, man, thank you so much for joining the show. And uh, again, thanks to all the listeners for tuning in. And hope you guys enjoy the game tomorrow. Uh, Have a good night. God bless. Go Huskies.